Dave Delsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by the Gateway Section of the PGA. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearly, sitting in the chair next to us. Meet, that's crazy. Turn his mic on this week, would you? We had to reinstall a mic in the studio. Didn't even think he was coming it's back. The Pearly mic. Welcome back, Pearly. I thought you guys were slipping a little bit. I thought I should come back and get a little bit more structure settled around here. Why you gotta here? be like that? It's you know what I'm saying? Man. You need to get more organized, Jay. I know, I know, I know. All right, so we formatted the show like around the golf, and the first segment is called the On the Range segment. It is brought to you by the Gateway PGA. I'm just... I, I love having them involved with the show. Uh, the the men and women in the in this section, when yeah. I was, and I didn't even know what they were, John, were helping. They were running tournaments. They were giving lessons. They were running carts, just doing all the things. There's over 300 men and women in the section now, and they just do great stuff to help to enhance the golf experience. A key, key to the industry and key to making uh – Golf grow for the future, for sure. All right, Pro, you got about 30 seconds. What happened with Facebook? Give us all they the details. They just said they were inundated with the request for your podcast, and they had to back off us a little bit. I'm not sure we were actually canceled. They were just put us on pause. Okay, same perfect. One, same one with uh, Instagram because of the, some of the phenomenal pictures you're posting these days. Oh, okay. All right, all right. All right, next. Uh, the, <laughs> I want to thank Bob and Kathy Donahue at Donahue Painting and Refinishing. If you need anything done for your home, you guys call Bob or Kathy. They are terrific. They do great work. And, um, oh, man, they're they're terrific people, and I appreciate their support. All right, John, I'm stuttering over here because I'm excited about the show this week. We got our our teammate. We never lived with him per se, which is probably a good thing. We got Steve Pate, the, the human volcano. I mean... Come on, man. Where do we start? Well, one place we can start is we can both relate to when we're when we're getting called on the first tee of these tournaments. The guy that's calling us on the first tee can really screw up names. It's it's rather amazing. And with somehow with Del, you got you were Desling, Delzing, all kinds of things. I was who knows what how they could screw mine up. Pearls. You were always always pearls. pearls. So here's Steve Pate. P A T E. And there was somewhere between 10 to 15 different iterations. And our favorite was Pate. Steve Pate. And, and you know, look at the, the thing that's interesting about Peter, because he, he gets lost in his own world when he's out there playing. And anything on the golf course is possible with him. Anything. Course records for sure. Oh, yeah. Won six times on the PGA Tour. Just phenomenal play. But also behavioral wise, Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs every once in a while. Okay, but I want to lay something out right at the start of the show, which I think you'll agree is is important. He could absolutely lose it out there, and it, it angry, and I mean like scary angry, oh. both in his mannerisms, his speech, his volume, his facial expressions, his actions, the maneuvers. Skin he could make, tones, remember how ready he used to get? The, 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 what he would do with his golf clubs. But let's get something clear that's important. This is a nice man. Oh, no. And I have never seen him... 
one exception. I'll tell the story later, I hope. Never seen him be mad at anybody. He gets fired up about himself, and the rest of the world goes away, as you were starting to say. But he's a, he, he just it's not about somebody else. It's about him. 100%, John. Plus, he's well-read. Yes. He's, he's very articulate. He's a smart guy. It's not. But he, he just has this thing. You know, he says in the interview, and we'll go ahead and spoiler alert right now, but he'll say, you know, I, I just keep things pretty secret, uh, pretty simple. And it was pretty easy for me to kind of just get lost in my own world. And he did. And he did. And he did. Yeah, it's a crazy world. Anyway, so um, I can just remember going to UCLA. You came into UCLA the same time I did, and so did Steve Pate. We already got Pave in there. We got Chuck White there. We got uh, Tom Randolph, all these All-Americans. And, you know, we're just uh, thrown into the deep end and start swimming, you know. And I can remember Pater. He and I used to be able to absolutely smash the ball off the tee. Wild. I was probably wilder than he was, but he was pretty wild. That man could chip and pitch and putt like very few. He could play. And I can remember the first time I ever played with him, which was my first round playing for UCLA, just in practice round or you know qualifying round. Our, our scores always got posted. They all counted. And we're coming off probably the second or third hole, and he, he's striking up a little conversation, which was nice. I'm the new guy. I'm not, you know, not from California, the whole thing. He said, how many tournaments have you won? I looked at him. I said, two. And... Uh, I said, how many have you won? 68. I said, Steve, I've played in five events in my life, and I happen to win two, club championship and a local regional high school event. Right. And he starts laughing. He says, oh, I've played in hundreds. And I'm thinking to myself, I am way behind the curve here. And right. I, I remember when, when they were introducing us, and you know what, I'd want to, you know, what I'd played in, but it wasn't very much. I won a lot, but not 68. And I thought, this dude's won 68 events, but, I mean, six times on the regular tour. Pearl, he wins. He's got eight uh, worldwide wins. He's a member of two Ryder Cup teams. He was paired with Tiger twice, you know. And the reason they put him with Tiger is because he wouldn't get intimidated. He didn't care. The other thing is, they, and we'll talk about this later, and he, he mentions it, he was picked by Ben Crenshaw to put on the team in front of Fred Couples. Well, and Pater, again, to that point with playing with Tiger, yeah, he gets in his old world. They probably had to remind him if he said after eight holes, who's your partner? He's like, let me look over there. That's right. The other guy. Oh, yeah. he, he doesn't know. He's just playing his own game, which he is t- that's the that's a that's a magical place to get to. Oh, it's just great. We were in the, the fitness trailer and I was working out and Tiger came in and he was started, you know, BSing a little bit. And he said, you went to college with Pater, didn't you? And I said, yeah, you got to play with him a couple weeks ago. And he, and he said, yeah. And he said, you know what? I said, I said. Every time you put a new dip in some more tobacco, you seem to make a birdie. So Tiger was telling Steve, get rid of it, put a new one in every hole. He <laughs> was like, no, I'm good. He's like, get rid of it, put one in. You know, so I think when Tiger calls, he probably answered it. Peter was all, you know, all tobaccoed up well, that's up there. Another case for what a great player was. Made two Ryder Cup teams. Yes. That's a, that is a, a career big deal. Monster feather in yep. your cap. Oh, man. You know, well, let me do the tip of the cap segment real quick. Uh, the tip of the cap is brought to you by, as you know, the Dean team of Kirkwood. Uh, Colin Burnt, great guy out there. I'm dealing with a car situation right now with my teenager. Uh, 314-966-0303. So, John, we're watching Norwood become transformed yeah, for the Ascension yeah. Charity Classic. My tip of the cap goes to these hospitality workers. First of all, it's Africa hot here right now. And we were out there playing, and there was there's not very many people on the golf course. And those guys were putting up the skyboxes, the cabanas. Ascension has killed it with how many 
corporate citizens and skyboxes and cabanas they sold, and these folks are out there pounding away and 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 uh, it's hammering an, and nailing, and it, and it just makes the golf course look spectacular. It's so beautiful. It's in such phenomenal shape, and I'm sure it's only going to get better. And the other beautiful part, when you come out to to see it, there's a lot of trees, so you get a lot of shade if you want. Yep. It's going to be comfortable and. It is just flat gorgeous. I've gotten out there a lot with you and always appreciate the place because it's always nice. They have really stepped it up. Yeah, and so that's the uh, tip of the cap is brought to you uh, by Dean Team of Kirkwood. Uh, thank you, Colin. Thank you, Brandy. Brandy, your right-hand person over there, 314-966-0303. All right, that's going to wrap up the On the Range segment. We're going to head right back in just a minute with the front nine. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. This is Paul Lazinger, and you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. I want to thank the Gateway section of the PGA of America for supporting the Golf with Jay Delsing show. Um, There are over 300 men and women PGA professionals in over 100 golf facilities in the greater St. Louis area supporting us. They're experts in the game. They know the business of the golf, of golf. And at this point in time, this pandemic, the golf courses are jammed. These folks are working 10, 12-hour days and just doing great stuff and really appreciate them. Every time you pull up to a public course or a private course, a driving range, there's a really good chance by that that facility is run by a member of our section. Some of the examples of the programs that are run by these PGA professionals and the Gateway PGA section include PGA Reach, Drive, Chip, and Putt, PGA Hope, and the PGA Junior League. To learn more about the Gateway PGA, go to gatewaypga.org. To find a local PGA professional coach for your next session, go to pga.com. The PGA, growing this game we love. Marcona Plains Parts Company needs to recognize their entire local branch sales team as the best in the industry. In fact, any industry, all industries. Located in nearly 50 cities and towns across the United States, Marcona Plains Parts branches set the standard for customer service and inventory. Our sales team have the expertise and knowledge to make your major appliance repair a snap. We stock thousands of parts locally or ship from our nationwide network of distribution centers to keep major appliances working properly using only genuine manufacturer's parts. It is our privilege to be the professionals behind the professionals that keep America's in-home major appliances running properly all year long. Well played, Marcone Branch team. Your tireless dedication and winning attitude is apparent. We salute you today for all you do. Marcone Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I am delighted to welcome Marie DeVilla to the Golf with Jay Delsing show. I'm sure you know where it is, but in case you don't, Marie DeVilla is a landmark out in West St. Louis County. It's located on the corner of Clayton and Weidman Roads. It's also on 21 beautiful rolling acres right on the way out to Queenie Park. It's a country club-like atmosphere. It's iconic, and it's absolutely gorgeous. When my dad died and my mom decided she didn't want to live alone, Marie de Villa was the first place we called. When we pulled up, we were greeted at the front door by the owner. And he took us around on a tour of the facility. We learned that there are one, two, and three-bedroom villas that you can live in. And there's also 24-hour care in the East, West, and the Waterford buildings. So Marie de Villa had everything that my mom wanted. One of the things that stood out in my mind as well was the way 
the family-owned business treats their guests. That's right. They refer to them as guests, but they treat them like family. So if you're in the process of trying to make a tough decision for this next part of life, you got to visit Marie de Villa. This is local, this is family, and this is St. Louis. This is Marie de Villa. Come be our guest. When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 90 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Talk to Farmers Agent Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101 to see how they can help you stay in the game. That's Ed Fogelbach at 314-398-0101. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Hi, Jay Delsing here for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros on the PGA Tour use. That's right. SSM Health Physical Therapy has TPI, Titleist Performance Institute, trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screen on you as well as use the KVEST 3D motion capture system. It is awesome. Proper posture and alignment can help you keep it right down the middle. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area. Call them at 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Your therapy, our passion. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Front Nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. And welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearlie's with me, Brad Barnes. Meet. He's taking good care of us here at the ESPN studios. We're headed to the Front Nine. Oh, man. I hope you're not tired of hearing me talk about the Ascension Charity Classic, but the Front Nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. It's weeks away, John. The golf course is perfect. These guys have done everything. When I flew in from Calgary a couple weeks ago, all these banners at the airport, there's billboards on highways. They're doing great. You got to come out to Norwood. You got to check out. This is we're 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 only missing. I think Phil Mickelson and Fred Couples from the commitment list of the top twenty guys. Mm. Maybe Miguel. I don't know if Miguel's going to come over or not. Uh, Miguel uh, and Hel Jimenez, but um, you got to got to check us out. Um, but let's not talk anymore. Let's just go right to our interview with our UCLA classmate Steve Pate. Arno Palmer is the Masters champion of 1960. There it is. A win for the ages. <laughs> Jack. That was a great putt. There's Jack finishing off. And what a day it's been for him. A round of 65. Steve Pate is brought to you by Golden Tee. I have the pleasure of sitting down this morning with my... Oh my gosh, my college teammate, my my friend, and gosh, I don't even know what to say, Peter. We've known each other for over 40 years. This is Steve Pate. Thanks for joining me this morning. Oh, nice to be here. And you may change your mind on whether or not it's a pleasure by the end of this. <laughs> so, but, oh my gosh, when I look back, I can still remember being this complete clueless guy 18 years old in Los Angeles, don't know one person, and we go to our first golf meeting, and it was your first day at UCLA, too. And, um, man, what a great experience UCLA was for me. H how was it for you? 
I mean, it really was. And <laughs> you're talking about when we first met. I mean, yeah, first first day with anything to do with UCLA golf. Well, I was a good junior high, junior player and high school player, but I didn't leave the state of California to play amateur events because there was so much to play in. And it was uh, it was quite a shock to me to see people from all around the country with different backgrounds than I had. And uh, it also made me realize after a couple of weeks that I wasn't quite as good as I thought I was. Um, you know, I was a big fish in a small pond, and this it was an eye-opening experience. Peter, I felt the same uh, way. I, I... But one of the cool things was we were so competitive. I mean, I know how competitive you are. I think you know how competitive I was. And we had guys like Pavin and Pernice and these other Californians that most people haven't heard of but could really, really play. And we just started. I mean, I can just remember, you know, playing Bel Air and hitting two fairways a day and shooting even par, just trying to grind it out. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of everybody. I mean, I'm sure – you had the same, I would think you had kind of the same experience I did that you probably, you know, you were the best in your area as I was. And then you get somewhere where everybody's good. And, uh, it's kind of a spite for survival. You're not used to losing. You don't like losing. So yeah, you do what you, you do exactly what you said. You're just grinding it out, trying to shoot even par. Um, you know, you and I were pretty much the same when we got there. We hit it hard, we putted well, and we're not very polished. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was an ongoing process to become more polished. Man, I got to tell you, when I fast forward that and look at me now, I'm certainly not polished yet. I don't hit it hard. I'm not sure what else, to, what else I can fill in the blanks with there. Yeah, well, I don't hit it very hard anymore either, unfortunately. <laughs> the calendar is not our friend. No, it is but... not. It's not pretty, is it? No, but it's still really fun to compete, um, you know, and whatever it is. You know, obviously, golf is what we do, but, I mean, I'm sure, you're, I'm sure you're the same as I do. I remember when we used to play cards or anything else. You don't want to lose at anything. And I play cornhole with my sister-in-law, and I don't want to lose, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just fun to compete. You know, my, my, my biggest victory recently was – at my daughter's bachelorette party, drinking um, drinking beer out of a baby bottle. I won that contest. <laughs> yeah, you did. That's pretty you know, clever, like too. I, I like it. I was squeezing the hell out of that bottle just so I could win. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter, when you look back at those UCLA teams, man, I can remember when I first played with you uh, uh, how good good your short game was your chipping and pitching was so much better than mine and I was always watching and then always watching Pavin the way that Pavin could manage um, the ball around the golf course and stuff and I didn't do anything like Pavin you know and when, when you look back we won so many events our last two or three years didn't we yeah oh god we won yeah <laughs> we won a ton of events um, we also played in a lot of events, more so than college teams are able to now because of uh, you know, regulations about days missing school. So, but you know, that, it was a great opportunity for us to play in something every single week. Um, yeah, and you're talking about short game. My short game was very good. I mean, that's what I did. I, I didn't, I didn't hit it very well. I hit it hard. But um, yeah, that, I mean, that's just the way I learned. I I had an eye-opening experience when I was 16 years old. I caddied for my coach, Jim Petrolia, in the California State Open. 
and he won the tournament. And you know, back then, the state opens were the second level of golf, like you know, Corn Ferry Tour is now. And you know, he beat a lot of good players. And I remember he asked me when we got done, he said, what did you learn today? And I was not trying to be an ass. But he said, you don't really have to hit it very well to win a golf tournament. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, really what it was is, you know, what, what I should, probably should have phrased it differently. So, you know, it's obviously not a game of perfect. You do what you have to do to get around. And that was, I mean, it really was eye-opening for me as a, as a high school kid. Peter, I can remember you and I talking to Tom Pernice multiple times, you know, and, and back then Tom Pernice's car didn't even take a right. Everything he did hooked and went from right to left. And and I can remember one day him saying to you, did you see that that fade that I hit on, on number 18? And you said, yeah, Tom, it only drew about eight or 10 yards. And he goes, no, it went left to right. And we went back and forth. And then you finally looked over at me and I said, Tom, it didn't fade. And, and yeah. you know, we just had these different perspectives, but it didn't really matter because at the end of the day, and we did a lot of dumb things, as many dumb things as we could possibly jam into a college career. But at the end of the day, Peter, when it came time to drop in the puck, man, we were all in and ready to play. Yeah. I mean, we had, I mean, think of Tom Randolph, you know, on our team when he was a senior, when we were freshmen. I mean, it, his swing looked like a funky version of Miller Barber. And the guy made, you know, honorable mention All-American. We had guys that could get it around. And yeah, bottom line is getting it from point A to point B. And we had a bunch of guys that were really good at that. Yeah, that is fantastic. Now, Peter, I can remember in 1984 going through the qualifying school together. And I think, I think we might have even got paired one day. But <clears throat> I just remember never in my life have I felt pressure and numbness in, throughout my entire body than that week, that, especially the last two days. Who, who in the hell plays a six-round tournament? <laughs> yeah, and, which determines your career path. It's a, it's a brutal um, – <clears throat> it's a brutal event. I, I was fortunate. I got through it my first try. And I remember going in, I had no expectations because my warm-up the week before, I played in the Mexican Open at Tijuana Country Club and shot about 155. And I was hoping I could get my money back for Q school, but I couldn't. So I went ahead and played. And I hit it awful. And I made every putt you could possibly make, and then some. And ended up finishing fourth or seventh or whatever I finished. And, uh, you know, you were talking about pressure. I, I didn't really feel it because I played so poorly the week before. And then, you know, when you're making 30-footers like they're three-footers, it kind of makes it easy. And oh. then the last two days, I was hitting it so bad, all I was trying to do was not not have a disaster. That's, that's when I started feeling it. Oh my gosh. The last two yeah. days I can remember just walk. I remember walking up the 18th green to the, the 18th fairway and, and, and I had made it my, uh, that was my first time through as well. Unfortunately, I went back so many other times when I lost my card playing white, but I can remember just feeling numb and going just, you know, don't put this thing in the water and don't fall in the water right. and you're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, so I went back, I made it through when I was about 43, I think, and totally different perspective. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm 43 years old. I've had a, I've had a decent career. The, you know, the money wasn't a pressure on me and I kind of, I actually enjoyed it, but I'm looking at guys 
I mean, the lines at the bathroom stalls in the morning were unbelievable. You couldn't find one. Guy, you know, guys are in there throwing up and <laughs> doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, in a sick sort of way, I actually enjoyed it. Peter, that bathroom, I tell people that bathroom on day five and six was the only place in the world you did not want to be. It was right. it was no good. Yeah, Portalette seemed like a better option at that point. And then, <laughs> anytime you're choosing a Portalette over plumbing, you know there's a problem. There's a big problem. Yeah, there's a problem. Yeah. So then oh, Peter man. went. Yeah, guy. No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, guys are incapable of speech at times. You know, you ask them a question and you get gibberish. It's, yeah, it, the, the, the pressure at that, that event is pretty astounding. I mean, I would think especially somebody in their late twenties, early thirties, who still has a lot, still have a lot of good years ahead of them, you know, and trying to fight, try to fight to keep their career alive. I was quite fortunate. I never really had that experience. Well, when I went through it, I was too young and stupid to know any better. Oh man, I, I I can remember going through it, just trying to get back out on tour, and I felt, oh man, I, I I remember feeling pressure like a week before, going, oh man, this thing's coming up, I got to get my act together. Right. <laughs> so Peter, let's take a yeah, look at your. You know, let's it, it, it's it, it's sad. I mean, it really is another golf tournament, but you can't. It's almost impossible to think of it that way. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy. So then we fast forward, and um, I look at your career. Man, you just had an unbelievable career. You've won over eleven million bucks. I think you've got eight worldwide wins, six PGA Tour event wins. In '88, you won two tournaments and finished twelfth on the money list. In '91, you won uh, one event but had five top three finishes. Made the Ryder Cup team in '91, and I want to talk about that accident and all that other crap. And then. In 99, Comeback Player of the Year, Ryder Cup. You got paired a bunch with Tiger. Man, Peter, just just a, a wonderful career, especially in a time. But we didn't play for much money. Uh, no. I mean, I had – I obviously, Tiger Woods had a huge influence on the money, and that was late 90s, which was really as my career was winding down. Um, you know, I, I played a couple of years with it, but – you know, hell, I, <clears throat> you know, my previous my previous job had been flipping burgers on campus at UCLA and you know running carts at Montecito Country Club. So the money we played for seemed like I was, you know, uh, I had more than I ever dreamed of. So it, you know that that really wasn't an issue. Looking back, yeah, it's uh, boy, I would have liked to push my career ten years down the road, but didn't happen. It didn't happen, Peter. Take us to the ninety-one year. Um, you played some of the most consistent golf in the world that year. And I can re specifically remember talking to some of the other Ryder Cup teammates. You were playing better than anybody else, or at least as well as anybody on that team. Take us through that accident. And what in the hell were you thinking after that? That had to be brutal to get through. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, that's probably the most control I've ever had over my golf ball. I was hitting it really well. And I was putting well, like I pretty much was a habit at that point in life. Um, yeah, we were going to the formal dinner. Uh, Sherry and I were in the car with Corey Pavin and his wife. And yeah, we had run, we had a police escort. We're running stop signs and, and uh, stoplights all the way into Charleston. And then it started raining and the, and the limos backed off. You know, put some space in between each other. And 
they decided to stop us at uh, one of the light, one of the stop signs or one of the lights, and the drivers were not prepared for it. We hit the car in front of us. I ended up on the floor facing sideways, and the car behind us ripped us. And I took a shot to the side from the seat. And, uh, yeah, at first, yeah, at first I'm going, whoa, that was weird. You know, you're kind of stunned. And then I tried to get up, but, oh, no, this isn't very good. And, uh, yeah, it did some damage to my left hip and left side. And, unfortunately, permanent damage. But, you know, I mean, not debilitating, but I had to make some adjustments down the road. And unfortunately, I, you know, I played one match, Corey and I were partners, and I played pretty well, actually. And uh, I walking up and down one of those mounds at Kew Island, one of those steep mounds, I felt something grab somewhere in the backside. And I was not very optimistic for the rest of the week at that point. And the next day, I tried to warm up. It was singles, and I tried to warm up and I, for 20 minutes. And I couldn't hit a ball over 40 yards. So that was, uh, you know, shut that down for the day. And, you know, the, the irony is, Peter, you guys, we, the U.S. won that Ryder Cup, even without, you know, um, the contribution from you that we kind of all expected. Yeah, that was, it was quite a team. <laughs> Looking back at the names that were on that team, you know, I mean, it, at the time, you just kind of get lost in the moment and don't think about it. But looking back at the names that were on that team, you know, Ray Floyd and, and Hale Irwin, you know Payne Stewart, Corey. It was, it was, it was, an, it was really it was an unbelievable team, and guys that had long, you know, long-lasting, successful careers. Peter, what was it like being in those rooms? It had to be awesome. It was. It was. Um, <laughs> you know, definite contrast in personality. In '91 to me seemed a lot different than 99 because 99, it had gotten kind of bitter by the time 99 came around. 91 was still, you know, yeah, everybody wants to win and everybody takes it very seriously. But at the end of the week, you know, when it was over, we got together with the European team, had a big party. You know, as you go out there and try to beat the crap out of each other and then shake hands and have a beer when you're done. And that doesn't, by the time 99 rolled around, it, it wasn't that way. It was really better. Um, but in the rooms, you see a, a difference in personality. Some guys are <clears throat> kind of raw-raw, trying to inspire everybody else. and Others are more like me. It's like, well, I know if we play better than they do, we're going to win. So what do you need to talk about? Um, <laughs> you know, Everybody has a little bit of a different approach. Peter, whose voice, who had the biggest voice in the room? And, and was there, and obviously I want to talk a little bit about 99 with Tiger because he was just a baby. I think he was only 20, 22 years old. But, but in 91, yeah. was, it, was it Raymond Floyd? Was it the older guys? What, 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 who's, when, when who spoke, who, who did most, got your attention? Yeah, Ray Floyd and Hale Irwin, definitely. Um, uh, Payne Stewart was the loudest. He was more the cheerleader. You know, Ray, Raymond and uh, Hale were more the voices of reason. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, I, and it's funny, I, I get so locked up into my own world. I'm good at tuning everybody else, everybody else out and focusing on what I need to do. I, I, I felt like an observer with all, with all the talking went on. That's pretty cool. That's a, that's a great place to be. Gosh. Um, so, 
and 90. Peter, you have been involved in some car accidents through your career. They're just oh, scary, actually. When I was doing the research for this thing, and I knew it was going on at the time, I just didn't put them all together. Yeah, I've had a couple. I should have been dead in, but I'm not. So that, that's a good thing. <laughs> I, I, I had a really bad one in 96 driving home from Phoenix. That was that was the scariest one. I ran up the back of the truck. I was going 75 miles an hour. He's going 20. And then uh, you know, recently, I decided to test out, you know, test give a test flight to a car, and ended up in the top of an oak tree. And uh, that that was that was interesting because I have a friend who uh, drove race cars and he always told me for years how when he missed a turn at Riverside Speedway, he uh, got airborne and how everything got really quiet and really slowed down. And he had time to turn off, you know, check his harness and turn off the fuel supply. You know, he says, I wasn't in the air for three, two seconds, but it seemed like 20 minutes. And, uh, yeah, when I launched off the side of the road, I woke up when I was in the air and I had time to say that I'm going to hit the top of that tree. And then think, well, that's good because the top branches are smaller and they'll slow me down instead of abrupt stop. Have all these thoughts going on in really in half a second, but it seems like it takes forever. Peter, what happened to it? It's, it's, it's an interesting experience. I wouldn't recommend it. Though. <laughs> no, the, the hell no. Not, the, the flight's not bad. The landings are really rough. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you that last um, uh, accident? I didn't know about the last one in the top of the tree. Um, nothing really. I mean, it jacked my neck up really bad and it's been hurt ever since. But other than that, nothing, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, um, yeah, I, I may, I may have used up my nine lives. Was that the ninth? <laughs> yeah, that might've been the ninth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. So 99, you co- was, was 98 the year that you broke your wrist on the dock and you fell, uh, or uh, I also know you had a kind of a really freak bike accident where you were actually hit by a deer, which you can't make up. Yeah, I got t- I got T-boned by a deer. I didn't get hurt in that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was all in 96. That was when I was recovering from the car accident. I tripped and fell on a dock and broke my other wrist. And then I was mountain biking with a guy out, in, you know, as I was as my wrist healed and I was able to ride a bicycle, I was mountain biking with a guy and we came back into my driveway and I got T-boned by a deer. And all of a sudden my dog comes running around from the corner of the garage. Oh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? <laughs> He's chasing the deer and it just ran into me. <laughs> oh my goodness. And uh, my buddy who I was riding with looked at me and says, remind me to stay away from you. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. This is, this is starting to become a pattern and I got to, I got to, All right, so that's going to wrap up that portion of the interview, but don't go anywhere because we'll come back and give you the rest of that interview on the back nine. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hi, this is Peter Jacobson, and you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. If you have a car and you're struggling to get some protection for that car, let me recommend Vehicle Assurance. 1-866-341-9255 is their number. They have been in business for over 10 years and have a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is one of the reasons why they have over 1 million satisfied customers. They are known for their painless claims process and their premium vehicle protection. So whatever that car looks like, they can help you. You can find them at VehicleAssurance.com or call them again at 866-341-9255 for a free quote. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve.
sitting down this morning with Kevin Stoll, who is the head professional at Old Hawthorne Golf Club in Columbia, Missouri. Hey, Kevin, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, no problem at all. But Old Hawthorne is not an old course. It hasn't been around for, you know, decades long, but it's really hosted some great tournaments. I won the Missouri Open there years and years ago, and you've got some great stuff going down there, like the PGA Junior League Regional Championship and stuff. Tell the folks what's happening. Well, yes, uh, we've, we have uh, had quite a few uh, nice events. We're actually trying to host more of those uh, out here. We feel like we have a pretty special spot. We had also had the you know, NCAAs uh, here back in 2014. And just like you said, we had the Missouri Open as well. And we want to try and, you know, do as much as we possibly can for, obviously, for the game of golf. But, you know, we had that opportunity uh, when the uh, PGA reached out to us to host, re- to host uh, the juniors. And we jumped on as soon as we as soon as we heard because I mean our kids were excited about it and it was kind of a neutral spot that a lot of kids that from around the area St. Louis and and all that wanted to kind of go to that wasn't a place that they were used to and um, and actually we've had a lot of great feedback already and people are very excited to come down here and, and we're excited to host them. It stretches out; it's definitely a good challenge for them as well. I mean, you know, we can play it short, but we can also stretch our golf course out um, to as long as. 7,221 yards, you know? So uh, I think it's, it's our golf course is set up for tournament, for uh, tournament play. So we're really excited. Oh my gosh. It's such a fun golf course to play. I know it's one of the home courses for the university of Missouri. And you know, when I was a young guy, Kevin, we were going down to Columbia playing a lot at AL Gustin and then eventually country club of Missouri, but Columbia, Missouri has always been a really cool hub of golf in this area. Yes, yes, uh, it has. Um, you know, and I think that uh, that I think the team, you know, when they moved over here uh, originally, they, they played actually out of El Gusto for for many many years, and that was usually of course, and they had a great time there. And uh, I think they're just even more excited when we developed here. We started in 2007, just like you said. We haven't been around uh, for a whole, uh, you know, for a whole long uh, time period, but. Um, when we made that partnership, I think it helped. Uh, it definitely helped us um, spread our name a little bit. I guess you know uh, what we can offer, um, you know, to players, and also with the with Missouri coming over here, it helped uh, them recruit and uh, help their players as well, uh, kind of bring it to the next level. Um, so yeah, I mean, and you're right. I mean, it's, we have a <laughs> we're very excited to, to to put a new-ish, I guess, golf course here in Columbia. Uh, with you know the history of, of just how competitive everybody, everybody is around here, you know. This is Kevin Stahl. This is the uh, Gateway PGA Spotlight, and he's down at Old Hawthorne Golf Club down in Columbia. You gotta go check it out. It's a great place to play. Professional golf returns to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club, September 6th through the 12th. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, and pro-am foursomes are on sale now. All proceeds go to North St. Louis County Charities. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com or call 314-938-2828. PGA Tour Golf is back in the loo. The Ascension Charity Classic. And you have a chance to win tickets to the Ascension Charity Classic right now. Enter at jdelsinggolf.com. 
You've seen it and played it in bars over the past 30 years, and now you can bring Golden Tea to your home. Complete your basement or man cave with the popular arcade game, the ultimate virtual golfing experience. Over 80 courses, unique game modes, and you can even challenge a buddy in online tournaments. However you play, you will be the talk of your neighborhood. Visit home.goldentea.com to learn more. I want to tell you about Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. My friend Colin Burnt runs the store over there, and he helped me buy a used Volkswagen for my daughter, Joe when she turned 16. We've had the car for over a year. It's running great. It's nice and safe, and we've taken it there to get it serviced just recently. Pearly, that does the show with me, just bought a nice Toyota truck from Collins. So I want you to know that if there's any sort of vehicle you need, anything at all, you can get it at the Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. You can call them at 314-966-0303 or visit them at DeanTeamVWKirkwood.com. We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by Fogelbach Agency with Farmers Insurance. Okay, right on. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. We are back and we are on the Back Nine. Um, I'm with my Favorite caddy, and caddy coming up for the ACC. Pearlie is here. And the back nine is brought to you by the Fogelbach Agency with Farmers. 314-398-0101. If you need any type of insurance product, anything personally for your business, Ed Fogelbach and his family run this agency. They're great people. They live in St. Louis. Huge supporters of uh, the Lou. Give them a call. All right. uh, Let's just go right back to the remainder of the Steve Payne interview. Awful lot of good stuff to remaining. I can't wait. Maybe. Yes, sir! One of the greatest displays of courageous golf that anybody has ever seen any place. Steve Pate is brought to you by Golden Tee. So comeback player of the year in 99 made the Ryder Cup team. Walk us through some of that. Well, you know, it's funny. I did not win a tournament. But I played really, really well consistently. And it was a lot of smoke and mirrors and confidence. Um, by this point, I, my body was pretty beat up from various things. And I couldn't hit it like I used to. But I found a way to get it around, and I putted well, and I chipped well. And, you know, basically, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in college. Just figure out how to get it from point A to point B. And for whatever reason, even though I wasn't physically that good, I was riding an incredible wave of confidence. And uh, <clears throat> I think I finished third or fourth at Augusta and got to the finals or semi, semis in the mat, world match play and you know, just played well every single week, it seemed like. And uh, I didn't quite make the team. And Ben Crenshaw, I remember at the PGA, I finished ninth or something. Got some points, but it wasn't, I knew it wasn't enough. And uh, sitting in the locker room afterwards and talking to Ben, he, he was looking at me, do you want to play? Hell, yes, I want to play. And, and he told me, he says, I've got it down between you and Fred for my captain's pitch, Fred Couples. And he ended up picking me, which, you know, I think, <clears throat> I think the, final, the final thing that pushed him over the edge, Mark O'Meara mentioned to Ben that I had finished third in the U.S. Open at uh, – at Brooklyn, I think it was my only top hundred finish in that tournament ever. <laughs> and ben took that. Ben took that into account and uh, and took me for the team, which I was. I'm still very grateful for. What a special week that was! I can I can remember. You know, 
the U.S. being so down going into the singles matches, and Ben kind of pointed his finger and it's like, I've got a feeling about this, you know. And, um, man, who did you play? What was memorable? I know you got paired with Tiger a couple times. Yeah, I didn't play the first day. And uh, then Ben put me out with Tiger the second day in both matches. And uh, we won one, lost one. But, I mean, for me, it's it's really nice having a partner that's better than everybody else in the world. Um, <laughs> you know, it, and the alternate shot, I mean, my God, I'm hitting clubs in the greens I never dreamed of. I mean, that 18th hole in practice rounds, I'm hitting four iron into it, and I get to hit eight iron from his tee shot. Yeah, yeah it's impressive. Like, wow, this is kind of fun. Hell, anybody can play from here. <laughs> oh, man. So, Peter, did you know, and, uh, did what stuck? What was the biggest takeaway from that Ryder Cup experience? <clears throat> God. Well, I mean, for me, it was such a different, like I said earlier, it was, such, it was a different atmosphere from 91. And we did not get together with the European team after that. There was a lot of bitterness. The crowd was a little rough. Um, and, you know, both ways. I, I had some Euro fans yelling stuff at me that was, I, I found it kind of funny because some of it didn't make much sense. I mean, I walk into one of the greens, 12 or 13, and some British guy yells, don't screw it up like you did last time. And I had no idea what he was referring to. <laughs> I found it kind of funny. And they were pretty rough on Colin Montgomery and <laughs> – it's, I don't know. I found the whole thing kind of humorous, but you know, it, it was, I found it a little sad too, that we didn't get together with the euros afterwards. And I don't think that happens at all anymore. No, and, Peter, uh, I think you're right. Yeah. And <clears throat> you know, it's funny talking about Ben before the last night and or what, it, what he said in his last interview before the last day and going back to the team room and guys are down and, everybody's yakking and I'm sitting there, my back hurts. I just want to leave and go ice. And all I'm thinking is, you know what, if we play a lot better than they do tomorrow, we're going to win. And it's pretty self-explanatory. When you play better, you win. Um, I I, I tend to simplify things. And, uh, but Ben's idea of putting our hottest players out first and getting a big lead was huge because that was like being in a football stadium all day. When the American flags went up on the scoreboard, when we were up early on, it was it got really loud and stayed really loud all day. I've never seen anything like that in golf, other than maybe the 18th hole at the British Open, when you're walking up, what it feels like walking through the middle of a football stadium. Peter, who did you play in your uh, singles match in '99? I played Jimenez. Boy, he can play, can he? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. Ben asked me because I was going to put you out second or third or whatever, I said, Ben, I'm not hitting it very well. I'm not going to shoot a very low score, but I'm not going to shoot over par either. And he thought about it because you're putting well, right? I said, yeah. So he put me out maybe fifth. He, he backed me down. He backed me down a few spots in the, uh, in the lineup. And I'll tell you, every decision he made obviously worked out really well. It's amazing what happens and how smart you look with a little execution, isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it though? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, Steve. One yeah. of the things that's so interesting when you watch golf, or you even try to broadcast golf. I mean, is does anybody not know what the players are trying to do? I mean, obviously you don't want to hit it in the bunker. Obviously you want to put it in the fairway. Right. But we all know how difficult the, the game is. And the thing that you, the, the recurring theme 
that keeps coming back to this conversation is the ability to to figure it out, to figure it out on the fly. Right. Because sometimes you can't feel your left arm. You can't feel your right leg. You can't feel certain things that, you know, you may otherwise. Um, right. Man. And it's funny for me to watch golf now because the strategies changed so much. When you and I started, we were, yeah, we were on the first few years of the All-Exempt Tour. I mean, so the mentality was never miss a cut. Yeah, that, and you hit as many grains as you can, play consistently, don't miss a cut. And now it's, you know, the strategy seems to be, you know, be horribly aggressive on everything, have a bunch of crappy weeks, but write out your good ones. And so, I, I mean, I think when I'm watching golf, I see more mistakes that you wouldn't have seen in the past, strictly because of the mentality of the player. But I also see a lot more spectacular shots. Oh, I, mean, pe- I, I don't no know if question. you watch golf much. Do you, I mean, do you agree with that? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's, it's, win, or, it's win or go home. And, and it's, it's right. I didn't drive it well, I'll wait till next week. I didn't, it's not a change. These guys aren't changing their games to try to modify what they're doing. They're, they're going, they're going the, the accelerators down as far down as they can every single week, and they just wait to the week where it all comes together. Right. Yeah, I, that's, that's, I mean, that's what I see. And so some of it is, oh, are you familiar with the book, Every Shot Counts? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, I mean, that guy put it into words, but I think equipment allows that more. Um, you know, the balls are better in the wind, so you're not going to hit a good shot and get screwed uh, you know, or, or get fooled by wind as much. And I mean, it, everything is a little bit more conducive to being aggressive. And it's... It's interesting to watch, but you see, I mean, you see guys hit shots under pressure. They go, wow, is that good? And you also see some mistakes. You go, how the hell could he do that? Because, yeah, the gas pedal is down full bore every shot. Steve, to your point, I remember watching Kepka coming in the 18th hole at Shinnecock. He's going to win the U.S. Open. He just drove at 320 right down the middle of 18. Not an easy drive. And he stands up to the middle left uh, pin on 18 and misses the green by 30 yards left. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, and I'm I mean, thinking to myself, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be hitting it right fringe. Trying to yeah. <laughs> with two clubs, too little, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it's a, it's a completely different mentality. I had an interesting conversation. I played with Cameron Beckman this year in the senior PGA and Cameron's 10 years older or 10 years younger than I am. You know, so the, the mentality of golf had started to change when he was still playing. And he asked me, he just looked at me dead serious, because Southern Hills was, there were a lot of roll-offs and weird stuff. You could hit good shots and just get hosed if you're aiming at pins. And he asked me, he goes, he was dead serious. He goes, do you aim at all the pins or do you just try to hit greens? I looked at him like he was crazy. I said, I'm just trying to hit greens. That's what I've done for 40 years. He goes, really? He goes, I might have to try that. So every time I sit in now, I go, are you trying to hit grades or are you trying to hit pins? Oh, my god! But, yeah, I mean, that that's the difference in the mentality. Steve, I can remember where Andy North kind of took me under his wing, and he said, Delph, you have got to get rid of that driver, and you got to get a one iron in your bag. And, I mean, that is the exact opposite of the way a player plays now because I was long as hell, but I couldn't hit, you know, two fairways in a row. Right, I remember. 
I remember when you played with a two wood for a while. I did, and 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 it no was driver. it was exactly the mentality you're talking about. All we were trying to do, they were I was trying to back it off to try to keep my ball in play and to, and to hit as many greens as I could and try to make try to learn how to make a cut. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the way I learned. And there's something about old dogs and new tricks. It's still the way I think. <laughs> it's so true. So so one of the things. So you, the nickname we got to talk about. Uh, the volcano, and we've got to talk a little bit about some of the fun that we've had through the years, through college and all this stuff, because what you've said in this interview is so interesting that I, I, I experienced a, gosh, I've, how many how many rounds of golf have we played together? 500? I mean, literally yeah, we played a, a lot. lot of golf. And I watched you get into this zone, Steve, this, this mental where, this mental side where you could literally blow something up right next to you and you may not notice it. Yeah. There's, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of things I've done that I wish I wouldn't have done, but on the other hand, it made me focus. And I got, I got the point sometimes where if I played poorly enough or I hated myself, I wanted other people to hate me too. (laughs) 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 And I succeeded. Um, but, you know, it's funny because I, I see all the celebrations now and, you know, good for them. But I was, I always had the other thought, hey, well, celebrating good shots, well, hell, that's what you're supposed to do. You're a professional. You're supposed to hit good shots. And when you hit bad ones, no, you're not supposed to do that. So there's reason to get pissed. Well, and getting you know, pissed, I, I mean, was part of it, I, right? I, I, and it's funny. I always had a problem. If I got real excited when I was playing well, I, pl- I immediately played worse. So I made sure never to do that. <laughs> but Steve, one of the things that I noticed though is that in some of these like little mini tirades and things that you've had, you would play better. And I've never seen that before. I've watched every single other human try that and almost self-destruct and it had the opposite effect on you. It's a special gift, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it did. I, I don't know why. I mean, occasionally, rare, occasionally it would cost me, but usually I played better. I mean, my, my, yeah, like I said, what made me play worse was getting really excited and 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 happy and you know celebratory mood when I played well. But then I would immediately my game would turn to shit. So <laughs> I, I went the other way. Steve, I can remember. Well, I think you and I were paired together in a match against USC, and we were playing at Bel Air, and you had smashed one down on 14, way down. It was a long par five that none of us could reach back then, even though we swung for it every single time we stood on the tee. But I remember you having like a really difficult little 40-yard shot that was sitting in an old divot. And the flag stick was like right on the front of a, a green that rolls away from you. And, and, you know, you bellied it and went over the green. And Coach Marins comes up to you and tries to tell you what you did wrong. And I can remember this. It wasn't like a primal scream, but it was kind of like a uh, kind of like a, some sort of maniacal uh, to, uh, response to him that said, my ball was in a hole. <laughs> Yeah, there was another word in there before hole. Um, and I was so mad. I'm sure my face was the color of a tomato. He looked at me. I think there's 
a little fear in his eyes, and he said, oh, and walked away. I can remember. <laughs> I can remember. I'm like, what was, did he say I to you? I was so mad. Yeah. Because I struggled with that hole so much, and I hit two such good shots in a divot. I was beside myself. <laughs> Does it, do any other fun stories you can share with us come to mind? I mean, that one, uh, I can remember... Man, I can remember one time you taking your your you missed a putt. I think we were playing in a team event together. You missed a putt and you held the putter grip in your left hand and just kind of gently let go of it and slammed the grip hand with your right hand. The, the putter kind of boomeranged off the ground, sprung up in the air like 10 or 12 feet, and you kind of did like a, a semi-360 and caught it behind your back. <laughs> Yes, I, that was a signature move for a while. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know if I could do that anymore. I don't know if you could do a 360 without pulling a muscle or something. Oh, good. no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, it's amazing, though, after getting older. I still I still have moments of unhappiness, but it's just not the same. No, there's no... I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the energy anymore. Because it, it requires a lot of energy. Yeah, there's not as much fight in the old dog, is there? No, not really. Oh, God. Bader, well, I uh, really appreciate you joining me. Um, tell, um, uh, tell the folks a little bit about what's going on in your personal life. I know you and Sherry have been married for... A long, long time. I can remember the very first night you met. Congratulations on that. That was something I couldn't sniff doing. And I know you have a, a, a new little grand. Uh, you have a grandson, don't you? Oh, granddaughter. No, a granddaughter. Ella. She's 21, month, 21 months old. And it is, it's really fun. You know, it's, um, it's all the good stuff of parenting with, without much of the bad stuff. And I mean, you don't have to say no. <laughs> you get to, you get to, you know, she's having an issue. You hand her back to her parents, and everything's good. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it's it. been great. It's been great. So, yeah, you know, Sharon, I've been married thirty-seven years, uh, which is a long time. <laughs> and and you know, it's and fortunately, I think my daughter and son-in-law are talking about having another child too. So, I mean, we're very excited about that. There's uh, somebody asked me one time, what's, which is better, the parenting business or the grandparenting business? I said, oh, grandparenting, it's not even close. Yeah. Well, yeah, when we're home, we pick her up from, pick her up from daycare and bring her back to the house for two or three hours. My, you know, my daughter and son are working from home and they need the help. And no, it's been great. I saw a bumper you know, sticker. girl looks, oh yeah, I'm sorry, but you know, that little girl, and she looks at me. Sticks her arms out and says, "Papa," and wants me to pick her up. It's kind of hard to beat that. Oh man, that is just terrific. My oldest has a, um, a a little granddaughter, right about the same age. It's just absolutely special. And I saw a bumper sticker yeah. that said, "If I knew how much I was going to be in, enjoying being a grandparent, I'd have had them first. <laughs> Very accurate. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, Steve, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, gosh, it was a lot of fun. I wish you the best of luck. I know you're in Seattle this week. Uh, but uh, play well, and uh, hopefully, we get to see you here in St. Louis. The Ascension Charity Classic is going to be the first week of uh, well, September 6th through 12th in Norwood Hills. And it's a great tournament, a great sponsor. Well, hopefully, I will see you there. All right, Pearl. What's the biggest thing that jumps out to you about that interview? Oh, man, there's so much. I, 
for me, a part that I guess I didn't realize, and it's about your career too. You guys transcended the old with the Lanny Watkins, the Jack Nicholas's, the Raymond Floyds, to the new with the Tiger Woods from that era that you're at. And it was fun to hear Steve talking about exactly that and how well he did transition because of the other two different Ryder Cups he played on. He got to see absolutely both and also a major change in culture relative to those Ryder Cups. I, it was great. I haven't talked to Peter in a long time. It was a lot of fun to hear him. Sounds so good, so clear, so precise. Uh, again, just a really good guy and, and a lot of fun to hear his stories. All right, so that's going to wrap up the back nine, but don't go anywhere. We'll break down, tell a few uh, Steve Pate volcano stories on the 19th hole. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. Powers Insurance and Risk Management is sponsoring a VIP experience for you to watch the pros play in St. Louis. Enter to win two Club 314 tickets and a VIP parking pass for either the first or second round, Friday and Saturday, of the ACC tournament. All you have to do to enter is go to powersinsurance.com slash PGA and sign up to win. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency here in St. Louis and specializes in personalized coverage for a client who has a lot going on. At Powers, they understand you don't fit into a box, and neither should your coverage. Club 314 tickets include food and beverage and offer an amazing overlook of the 17th green and the 18th tee, where there'll be plenty of action. Winners will be announced on air September 5th. Once again, go to powersinsurance.com slash PGA to win free tickets or get more information on jdelsingolf.com. Marcona Play and Sparse Company needs to recognize their entire local branch sales team as the best in the industry. In fact, any industry, all industries. Located in nearly 50 cities and towns across the United States, Marcona Plains Parts Branches set the standard for customer service and inventory. Our sales team have the expertise and knowledge to make your major appliance repair a snap. We stock thousands of parts locally or ship from our nationwide network of distribution centers to keep major appliances working properly using only genuine manufacturer's parts. It is our privilege to be the professionals behind the professionals that keep America's in-home major appliances running properly all year long. Well played, Marcone Branch team. Your tireless dedication and winning attitude is apparent. We salute you today for all you do. Marcone Appliance Parts Company is based in St. Louis, Missouri, and is the largest distributor of major appliance parts in North America and proud distributor of General Electric Parts. I know you've heard me talk about Whitmore Country Club. I want to thank them for supporting the show again for the third year and tell you things are going great for them. There's 90 holes of golf when you join at the Whit at Whitmore Country Club. The membership provides you access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. Cart fees are included. There's no food or beverage minimums and no assessments. 24-hour fitness center is fantastic. There's two large pool complexes uh, and three tennis courts. Stop in the golf shop. you got to see my buddy Bummer. He is an absolute great guy that would love to help you with your game and love to show you around um, the uh, facility. He and his staff uh, run golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, couples events. There's live music. There's uh, uh, great dining opportunities out there, outside, inside. Anything you and your family need golf-wise, fun-wise, visit WhitmoreGolf.com or call them at 636-926-9622. 
Don't miss the hottest rookie class in PGA Tour Champions history. Stars like Phil Mickelson, Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, and more compete at Norwood Hills Country Club September 6th through the 12th. Join legends Jack Nicklaus, Tom Watson, and Hale Irwin to celebrate the PGA Tour Champions' newest event. Professional golf returning to St. Louis in 2021. The Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. Tickets, clubhouse passes, hospitality suites, pro-am foursomes on sale now. Visit ascensioncharityclassic.com. And you have a chance to win tickets to the Ascension Charity Classic right now. Enter at jdelsinggolf.com. Hey, Jay Delsing here for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Do you want to have a more consistent golf swing? Hell, I know I sure do. SSM Health Physical Therapy's golf program has Titleist Performance Institute certified physical therapists trained to assess your movement patterns, your mobility, and your stability to help make your golf swing more efficient and repeatable. They can help your golf game. There's 80 locations in the St. Louis area. 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at SSMPhysicalTherapy.com. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy, our passion. Let your local farmer's insurance agent, Ed Fogelbach, put his experience to work for you. Ed Fogelbach proudly serves St. Louis area families and businesses and is ready to review your existing policies or provide a no-obligation quote today. Call the Fogelbach Agency at 314-398-0101 to get smarter about your insurance. Again, that's the Fogelbach Agency at 314-398-0101. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. I'm with my buddy Joe Sheezer from USA Mortgage. Hey, Jay, how are you? Doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for the support of the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, congratulations. This is uh, your third year, and we're really proud to be a sponsor all three years since the very beginning. It's a great show, and we look forward to it every Sunday morning. Well, thanks a bunch. Tell us just a little bit about USA Mortgage and what you can do for people. Well, USA Mortgage is a uh, ESOP. It's an employee-owned company. So over a thousand families here in St. Louis work for the company. So if you want an opportunity to patronize a, a local company, please call USA Mortgage three one four six two eight two zero one five, and I'll be more than happy to sit down with you, go over your options, discuss all the different programs that are available, and give you an opportunity to support a local company. That's awesome, Joe. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Jay. Thank you. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. All right, I recognize that music, Pearl. That must mean what? We're at the 19th hole. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. My buddy is Pearly with me. Brad Barnes has taken care of us here in the studio, and we're headed to the 19th hole. Brought to you by Michelob Ultra. All right, John. I don't want to talk anymore about that. Let's talk about Steve. Yep. All right, so funny, fun story. TPC Southwind down in Memphis. Brand new TPC course. There's no houses around there or anything. And for anybody that knows the, the golf course, it's a, it's a hell of a good course. The 18th hole is a demanding hole. It's about 460 yards long. Water all the way down along the left. And then left of the water, there's some, some housing lots and stuff, right? And... Peter's coming down the stretch. He needs to make par to make the cut. And the drive is, it's demanding. It's a very demanding drive. And Pater gets up there, and it's one of these toe shrimpers <laughs> that just flies right in the middle of the lake. And he kind of gives off this kind of like little 
primal scream and wings his club over into the vacant lot just to the left of the tee. And he's playing with an old buddy, Robert Wren, who waits a minute. And you know how Steve kind of, he'll slide into the background. He doesn't want to disturb the other players, but he's fuming and he's muttering some things. And, and um, uh, Robert Wren looks at him and says, Steve, I think you need to throw a provisional. That driver <laughs> is, out of, <laughs> is out of bounds. And Painter, who was ready to have his head come unglued, just busted out into it. A great laugh because, you know, if you hit your ball out of bounds, you got to hit a provisional. So Steve threw his club out of bounds and uh, wanted to throw a provisional. So, I heard the other players, the caddies, just absolutely lost it. Yeah. It, 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 oh, was, yeah. Perfect. it yeah. was perfect. It was, a, it was a great one. There were stories. Like, I remember playing with him in the mixed te- uh, the, the team event. Remember when I do. the mixed team was the J.C. Penny where he played the, the women, the LPGA, LPGA Tour. He's on the putting green, and he hits a putt that doesn't go in. And he holds his putter in his left hand with a grip, with an open face, and just resting it there. He takes his right hand and slams it into the shaft of the putter. It flexes and springs up in the air, 10 or 12 feet up in the air. And as it's coming down, he does a little 360 and catches it with his left hand behind his back. (laughs) And it's like, partner, I know you didn't make that putt, but that was impressive. (laughs) He's like, thanks, I've been kind of working on that one. (laughs) Well, we have a bunch of stories, and I have to clean this one up, and I'm going to clean this one up. But Steve's mother, who was always so gracious, I'd go up and stay with them in Santa Barbara for a tournament here and there, Roberta. Just a lovely, lovely, wonderful lady. Calm, sweet, the whole thing. So she would always be defending Steve. You know, yeah, he loses. It's because of his passion. You know, that's her son. And, you know, she respected him. He cares deeply. He cares deeply, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, that's the setup. So Steve's out there playing one time. And whatever. I'll never forget, we're at North Ranch, and it's on the back nine. And he's having a tough time, and then he just starts losing it. Now, Steve, when he would swear, would really start letting it rip. It was almost poetic in a way, because it, it would be poetic. in sentence form, and sometimes it'd go as long as a paragraph. But it had to do with the female anatomy often. Often. And and he could string it together like nobody could string it or together. Or animal. I mean, he, he could go anywhere. He could go anywhere. Yeah, he could go anywhere. So here's the case where he's just heating up, heating up, heating up, and then it's just time he's losing it. And he just lets it absolutely fly, a absolute torrent paragraph. Of guy all these words clogged in there together. And the yeah. guy he's playing with comes over and says, hey, Steve, you've got to calm down. Honestly, buddy, it doesn't bother me. We've played together before. But there's a lady following us. You you really can't be doing this. Steve pauses and just gets fuming and how he gets that when he's going to say something and just scream it. That's not a woman. That's my mother. <laughs> and, and, and Roberta turned around and drove back to Santa Barbara. She's like, I've seen this movie before. I'm not doing it. That's going to wrap up another show. Um, Pearl, thanks for being with me. Meet, thanks for taking care of us. And we will see you next week. We've got, what do they call this in the radio business? Tease. Yeah, tease. Look at us go. we got Brian Anderson next week on uh, Golf with One Jay One of your Delsing. best interviews ever. Hit him straight, St. Louis. 
Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. Don't miss our weekend special. Save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed plus free home delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.